on, everybody? Welcome back to the Pile on a Pile on Football podcast. You're as always. <laughs> as, <laughs> you're as always. Uh, Jared Sherman here. Alec Hendricks, Tavares. You know what it is. Yep. You heard that um, hot fire, that Dylon, Dylon, <laughs> Dylon, that Le'Veon Bell verse. Yep, you heard the Le'Veon Bell intro. That's who that was. Talking That's about who that the, was, uh, man. Talking about seeing him on the Madden attributes, but yeah, we're gonna we'll give a little uh, quick different intro this week. And Alex gonna give you his road trip schedule of games he's going to. I'm going to a few of them, so it kind of. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! yeah. I think As we get closer cool to the season, obviously yeah. us being the big football heads that we are. Uh, definitely really, really fucking hyped for, you know, some of the games that we're going to be attending this year. Um, and it's cool because this is the first year we're really doing this together. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So we're going to be hitting college. We're going to be hitting NFL. We're going to be hitting senior bowls, possibly the pro bowl. You know, I'm in Orlando. Yeah. So it's going to be a good time. Uh, I would like to first start out, you know, sorry for the one week break. Life did get in the way. Uh, you know, we did a, did a little bit of traveling last week. I was out of state for quite some time and uh, basically just on the road uh, without access to internet for most of it. Um, I mean, and hey, our last episode was like an hour and 45, so they gave me time. Cause nobody, realistically, you're watching it in two segments for the most part. Uh, yeah. Like 45, yeah. So we understand that. Yeah. So, I mean, to start off our, uh, our, our schedule, what we're going to be hitting up this year and what we'd love to see, you know, a lot of you guys at and, uh, you know, link up with as many people as possible. Um, you know, me being in Orlando, I'm going to be hitting up pretty much basically all of the UCF home games. A highlight game that I have circled on my schedule, September 14th, 3.30 p.m. at home. It's going to be Stanford and UCF. This is going to be their ban- benchmark game this year. Um, so I'm excited to go there. And uh, Yeah, that'll be a good one for sure. It's going to be a benchmark game. This is kind of one of their prove-it games. Mackenzie Milton's out, so it's it's going to be some time. So uh, some time to see UCF step up and an actual face, you know, competition outside of the conference, which, you know, we very, very rarely see. I think this is going to be their toughest opponent in the uh, past couple of years to be honest with you. Um, and then after that, it's going to be Dorado, Shermano, and I uh, linking up in Philly. Uh, that's going to be what is it, October 6th for that Jets-Phillies game. Yep. Uh, that, that Jets-Eagles. Oh, we're, we're, we're going a few nights before. It's going to be a good time. Get some cheesesteaks. It's going to be a City. great time. Yeah. I've I, actually be my never first time. been to the link Hell as an no. Eagles fan, so it's going to be, it's going to be dope. We'll yeah, probably I record do. an episode from uh, the Airbnb the or hotel or whatever yeah. Yeah, on Saturday. You know what it is. I, uh, I've actually never – so fun fact, never been to the Philly Stadium. Another fun fact, this is a part of a, a longstanding goal of mine, uh, me being I'm 25 right now. I want to hit all 31 NFL stadiums. My New York Jets split it with the Giants. But I want to hit all 31 NFL stadiums by the time I'm 32. I call it 32 for 32, so this is, uh, you know, the journey, the road that we're going to be traveling to get there and, you know, hitting, hitting a little bit at a time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, our first first NFL game is going to be Jets at Eagles. And we October hit 6th. Jets Eagles every time it comes up. Since, oh, like, every time. Since, every like, 04, pretty much, or whatever it was. We've hit it every time. It's been and it's always a good one. 
it's been easily more than a decade that we, you know, we've caught these games and, yeah. and made sure to attend them. Uh, we got uh, later on that month, I'm going to be over in Atlanta for that Seahawks Falcons game. Definitely going to make a weekend out of that. Uh, it's going to be a short flight or that's a long a crazy drive stadium me. too. So that's a good stadium to hit. I'm hyped about those beer prices. I might just get fucked up on beer all night to be honest with you. Five, five dollar beers. Yeah. Be a good time. That's, <laughs> that's... So uh, that'll be good. And then uh, I'm going to be capping it. Well, not capping it off, capping off the NFL schedule with uh, Cardinals at Bucks. Short drive from Orlando for me, about an hour and a half, hour 45 really to get to Tampa. Uh, first time going to that stadium as well, so that's going to be a good one. Excited to see Kyler Murray and company in, in, in person, and uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, see a good game, see them, see the Cardinals win that, or you know, at least put up a good fight. Um, and then, like I like I mentioned, probably hitting the Pro Bowl to you know to cap off the NFL yeah, season. Be great, you guys, you and Devin and uh, our friend Dylan went, and it got rained, so it was very. It'll be good to get get one that's not all rained out. And all yeah, my, my hope is to get a dry one this year, and then um, the week after that, hitting the Senior Bowl. So, yeah, the excited. Senior Bowls would be fun. I'm coming down for that one for both, probably for sure. Hell yeah! It's so be a good time. it's going to be a good one. It'll be our first Senior Bowl, first time really, you know, around uh, the you know other industry people, and, and really getting a chance to network and and uh, and see you know, what the scouting and drafting process is like at, at large. Um, yeah. And then we can bring that to this podcast and bring like a real inside view. That's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of what I'm thinking with these games as well. Honestly. Of course, of course. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a good time. That's, that's kind of our a little rough schedule rundown. As I said, most UCF games, big one, I'm going to circle on the calendar. There's going to be Stanford at UCF, which I'm a hundred percent not going to miss. Uh, Jets at Eagles, Seahawks at Falcons, Cards at Bucks. It's going to be a good time. Um, for you guys today, we're going to keep the theme of the state ofs. We have the AFC North. Um, I'm going to yep. be taking on the Ravens and Steelers. Dorado Shimano is going to be taking on the Bengals, Brown, and, Browns. Bengals and Browns. Dog pound. But so who's starting he's... it off completely to, uh, to kick it off? You and me. Uh, I think you got it this time, man. I've taken yep. it the last couple. Yeah, you've taken it. I don't know which one you're going to start with, though. So I'm excited to see. I like both. I'm, I'm interested to see both your takes. I'm especially, especially anxious to see uh, your your Browns takes. I know you got your boy OBJ there now. So, yeah, a lot of my boys there. Honestly, we'll we'll get into it for sure, as we say. Oh, I'll get into that. Um, but I am going to start with the Bengals, actually. So. All right, let's get into it. Yeah, let's kick it off. Cincinnati Bengals. It was a team I was kind of skeptical about doing, honestly, because I wasn't sure how I felt. I had mixed feelings about them, and I, I'm surprised about my take on them. And, yeah, I'll, I'll get started with it. Uh, best move. Um, in my opinion, the best move made so far this offseason for Cincinnati has to be selecting Jonah Williams in the first round of the draft. Uh, such a solid pick. I believe, and and like we've not gotten into here, up, no, not at all. It's a great pick, honestly. Uh, I mean, uh, like we've gotten into here before, I believe can play any O-line spot. Um, we know the, the Bengals need help in most areas of that group. 
Uh, I really like the way they've been addressing this need lately, man. Jonah this year, Billy Price, a solid center, had a good spot in the draft last year, uh, and picking up Cordy Glenn a year ago. Uh, struggling franchise making consistent progression in that manner is always a great thing to see. Of course. For sure. Uh, on to the worst move. Uh, on, to, on to my worst move, it, sh- it should be Ryan Finley being drafted by them, but I've spoken on that, so I want to do something fresher. Uh, I had to go with the way they retained star corner uh, in the making, William Jackson. Yes. Uh, yes, they did retain him, but only on a one-year extension. Uh, this is a guy I've been super high on since he was at Houston in college. Uh, he actually, if you remember, his rookie preseason tore uh, his peck and missed his whole rookie year. He came out in 2017 and balled out in the time he was given, though. Uh, he got two-thirds of the snap snaps as Darquez Denard and Drake Kirkpatrick, but significantly outperformed them. He was actually ranked eighth for all corners by PFF for overall uh, grade. Nice. And, and coverage. Damn, I didn't grade. know that. And I didn't coverage know that. Grade. He was really? eighth as well. Yeah. Wow. That year. Okay. I mean, it, what? just wait. I mean, in their metrics, he allowed the lowest catch rate in a season in PFF's history with a 35% just edging out 09 Revis at 37%. That's the, insane. The dude. number one catch rate of all time in PFF's history. So that's like 12 years, 15 years. The lowest since 09's Revis season at 37% at 2% lower catch rate he allowed. Wow. Yeah, bro. That's pretty nuts, man. See what I'm saying about this this Bengals take kind of like taking taking a turn, you know? Not it wasn't it didn't go where I expected, honestly. But anyways, um, then he comes out in 2018 and he balls out again, doing nothing but exceeding expectations. Only allowed 38 total catches on the year with 10 breakups. So my beef with the move is that you didn't sign this guy for at least three more years. Or two, yeah. even at the very, very least. Especially, he's kind of an under the radar guy. They could have snuck away with a, you know, a, a good deal there, just to yeah. secure him long term. He's 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 an elite corner in the making. I think he's going to be top ten if he's not considered already. There's a couple guys like that though, like him and Xavion Howard. Yeah, just less guys with only a couple years under their belt, but are already looking elite. Like <laughs> he's in that category with those. Um. So yeah, I'll go through the roster. Uh, disclaimer: I'll just be incorporating my off-season battles into my wa- roster walkthrough. Really. So, um, so starting at QB, you know Andy Dalton. Uh, but after that, you have Jeff Driscoll, uh, from Florida and uh, Louisiana Tech. Then, uh, then you have damn fucking Ryan Finley. Ooh. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't think Ryan Finley is good in any way, and was a wasted QB draft approach. Uh, he should be a third string here with Driscoll as Dalton's uh, backup. Running back is probably my favorite position of theirs. Uh, the lead guy here by a wide margin is another guy from my draft countdown that I spoke on, like Chase Edmonds. Uh, I'll give you his as well. Um, I think he was actually my first one ever. So, uh, Joe Mixon, 6'1", 225. NFL comp, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. First one, so it wasn't too in-depth, but um, patient, vision-driven runner. Uh, in my opinion, the second best in terms of strictly running the football in that draft class meeting because this was like a few years ago. Um, 
crazy stop and cut ability and second level reach ability. Um, so yeah, I'm high and have been high on Joe Mixon. Uh, Alec, you saw how he ate for me in fantasy football this year. Oh, he was um, yeah, he's he he was really good. I think he I was, was a steal for them in the dude, second I, round, dude, late dude, second. I or told you when round. I drafted him and Tariq Cohen, like they were both steals. I kept yeah. telling you, I'm like, yo, these are steal running backs. I said Joe Mixon might be the steal of the year in our league. And I think might... the thing you have to take into consideration with Joe Mixon is. You know, he definitely – he hasn't had a – he hasn't completed a full season yet. He's yeah, had injuries in both absolutely. seasons. But you've seen noticeable progression. I mean, yeah. across the board, he's his playing average at a yards high per level carry, already. his touchdowns are, are have improved, uh, his catching ability. He caught 43 passes last year. Like, all of that has kind of just been trending upwards for him. So, there's yeah. definitely – I think the, the you know sky's the limit for a guy like him, and he has not even reached close to his potential. So absolutely, absolutely for sure. Um, so yeah, after him you you still have Gio Bernard. Um, after him you have Travion Williams, uh, an interesting draft pick, uh, pick in my opinion. Uh, then another Oklahoma running back in rookie Rodney Anderson, who I'm high on his abilities, but health, uh, I don't know, man. I like Geo obviously as a, as the two, and if Ronnie Anderson stays healthy, I see him making a preseason impact and getting third spot and getting decent touches. Um, wide receiver AJ Green, of course. After that, Tyler Boyd, who's been nothing but productive for this team, uh, with with and without AJ Green on the field, uh, he's obviously the number two. I think John Ross may be on a prove it deal, uh, prove it year. Sorry, uh, he put up points. For them, but didn't produce produce much play to play. He should still be in that third trio spot, though, for sure. They have some okay role or depth players in Cody Core, uh, Josh Malone, and Kermit Whitfield. Uh, tight end, they still have Eifert, who's been amazingly unavailable, yet still on the team. <laughs> they picked up like that's something I, I don't know. I think you got to cut. You, they should have cut ties with Eifert at this point. He's he's just been amazingly unavailable. And that was just immediately how I thought of when I thought Eifert. Um, yeah, but he's still on the team. Uh, they picked up CJ Uzama, who's nothing above average, really, and drafted Drew Sample. Drew Sample's blocking ability should win him the job, in my opinion. Uh I spoke briefly on the three core guys on the O-line and Cordy Glenn, Jonah, and Billy Price. After that, with the right guard and right tackle, they need improvement. They're slated to have Bobby Hart starting at right tackle, who's an outcasted New York Giants lineman. So there's that. Yeah. And, and they don't John, even have a good line. So the fact that he couldn't yeah, even make it when you're, there. When you're outcasted from the Giants, that's not a good look. Nah. So, yeah, there's that. And John Miller from the Bills at right guard, who's actually not terrible but not the answer. Uh, Richie Incognito would have been a nice pickup for them here. Um, defensively, we start at the front. Left end, you obviously have Carlos Dunlap, elite uh, pass rusher. Opposite him at right end is interesting, though. Uh, Sam Hubbard, who I spoke on in the AFC South episode as one of those uh, waiting to break out Ohio State D linemen. Uh, I like his game, honestly. He gives you a little of everything, and he's versatile. I more so like his potential to seal the edge on the run, to be honest, though. Uh, Jordan Willis, who's been a mystery still since they drafted him a couple years ago. Not a bad ceiling, but hasn't shown too much of that just yet. Carl Lawson, who's been on and off for a few years now. Uh, I think he fades off the roster soon. Uh, 
the other guy is Kerry Wynn from the Giants. Uh, I like Hubbard starting Willis and Wynn as depth behind uh, Hubbard and Dunlap. Inside is big Geno Atkins with Michigan Glasgow brother uh, Ryan Glasgow as the other DT. Uh, Linebackers as it stands are Preston Brown in the middle, solid tackler, solid overall run support guy. Jordan Evans, who had limited reps in 2017, but played well in an expanded role uh, the next year. So he should start outside after that for the other side. It's a close race, but Nick Vigil should start, who also hasn't played bad the last couple of years with uh, with backup Malik Jefferson from Texas, who is another draft countdown player I did. It was an interesting one, but really long, so I'll read it fast. I, I kind of cut it down a little bit too. Um, Malik Jefferson, 6'3", 236. NFL comp Devondre Campbell, one of the more frustrating prospects to watch. He's got all the speed, strength, pursuit, and coverage skills to be great at what he does. But the motor is a big question mark for me. I don't like how unskilled he is with his hands and pass rush and how he tends to over-pursue. Leave him a crease and he's flying to the quarterback, though. Now it's just about getting him to get his uh, timing and knowledge of when to go half and when to go full speed. Uh, He's a solid tackler when his timing is good, and he's the an underrated cover guy, in my opinion. I think he could have been way more productive at Texas if uh, they hadn't relied on him in middle backers so much and spy responsibilities. Yeah, as much yeah, like as much as they did, you know. I like him as a three-four run support guy used frequently in trick coverages and blitz packages. So yeah, that that was long. I apologize, and I actually shortened it a little bit. The uh, the schedule will be brisk though to make up for it. So again, I apologize. That was pretty uh pretty long. Um, but yeah, so that's Malik Jefferson. I think he'll be a depth guy for now, but he can eventually make an impact or if somebody gets hurt, he can I think he can play decently as a starter. Um, I think they just have a good little linebacker core there. He could be that fourth linebacker. Probably he could take that job. Um, but yeah, onto the DBs at corner. William Jackson is one here year extension, uh, should be for sure. The number one guy with Kirkpatrick opposite him. They still have Darkwoods Denard and picked up B.W. Webb from the Giants. So they still need to replace those two guys. But for now, B.W. should be the last trio spot here. Uh, safety, they have my guy, Jesse Bates, another fantasy football gem for me, if you remember this year, Alec. Yeah. <laughs> Number one DB in our league for most of the season. Uh, we play IDP, indif- uh, independent defensive players or whatever, individual defensive players, instead Something of having like a team on fantasy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We find it just so more interesting so much more interesting and it actually creates more of a gap between skill and not, not skill, I guess, because you have to actually think about defensive players as well. And a lot of people don't if they're casual fans of football. So you yeah. can really kind of weed that out, especially in your money leagues where people just pay because they have money. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he's, he's pretty much the lock for that free safety spot there uh, with Sean Williams, most likely opposite him. Uh, there's minimal viable depth behind them. If any though, Uh, Like I said, I'll keep it short for the schedule. Week one at Seattle, an overtime loss to start the season, like I said in last episode, due to the 12th man. Uh, So they start out uh, 0-1. Week two, home versus the Niners. It's a loss for me, 0-2. Week three, they go opposite coast to Buffalo and win, 1-2. Week four at Heinz Field, I think they, uh, they rode win split with this team. Uh, cannot wait to watch William Jackson versus Juju though. For sure, spoiler alert for a future episode, 
possibility. This is in my top ten matchups to watch in the league this year. William Jackson mm. versus Juju. Yep. Through the for the whole season, it's top ten. Uh, William Jackson versus Juju. I've kind of like started thinking about that, so it could be a potential future episode. I think in the, in the near future. Um, but yeah, so they're uh, they're two and two here. Uh, week five, home versus Arizona. Like I said last week, they handle Cincy, so a loss. Uh, two and three now. Week six at uh, rival Baltimore. They lose both matchups to this Ravens team, I think, so a loss. Two and four. Week seven, home versus Saxonville. Uh, and another Saxonville. matchup. Yeah, man. And another matchup that is in my top ten, probably top five, honestly. Uh, A.J. Green versus Jalen Ramsey, part two. Stay tuned, folks. If you don't know, go look up their matchup last year. I think the Jags win, though. Yeah, if you don't remember, uh, punches got thrown. Uh, AJ Green got very mad and out of character completely. Jalen Ramsey was Jalen Ramsey. It was it was wild, and I'm surprised if you haven't seen it. So, two and five after they lose that uh, week eight. Just by name, it sounds like it's a, it's an easy loss here as they get the Rams. But it's a London game where Nat, new Bengals head coach Zach Taylor is facing his old team. It has potential thriller written on it here, and I'll give the Bengals a needed win just to shake it up. So three and five now. Uh, week nine is a bye week. They go in for me at three and five, but very, very easy chance of going two and six with that last game. Uh, week 10, they get their second Ravens loss, three and six. Week 11 at Oakland, where Vontez Burfick faces uh, the old team. I like Oakland soon to be Vegas here for the win, though. Three and seven now. Week 12, they get that home Steelers loss here, 3-8, and eight, so a slope has started officially. Yeah. Uh, week 13, home versus the Jets. I like the Jets coming in and beating them, 3-9. and nine. Week 14, they finally see Cleveland, and I think Cleveland wins both matchups, 3-10. and 10. Week 15, home versus New England, a loss here, so I see the Patriots ha- – um, as I see the Patriots having more on the line in Week 15 than usual, so 3-11. and 11. Week 16 at Miami, and Miami may be out of contention by now, and Cincy obviously will be, so it should be a fun game in South Beach. Uh, I, I could see Rosen di- dissecting those linebackers in coverage, though. 3-12 and 12 there, a loss. Week 17, they close out with that other Browns loss. Uh, I don't see the Browns sitting anybody at this point, so they round out at 3-13 and 13 and probably get to a Jake Fromm or Justin Herbert next season. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much my – State of the Bengals, I told you, it kind of went in a different direction in a way than I thought it would. I was actually, I don't know, I liked I liked doing the Bengals. And, yeah, I like the little fun facts I found out. And, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That, that, did that exceed your expectations for a Bengals take? It I'm did. So, I'm, it I, did. I'm sorry to Bengals fans. I know a couple. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm just trying to be as truthful as possible. What was the so, final record you had them with again? Three and thirteen. Three oh. Ooh. I mean, I don't let's believe be in Andy honest, Dalton though. not one yeah, bit anymore. He's... I don't that's why I said right out like right after, like they get they probably get two a Jake Fromm or Justin Herbert next season. <laughs> I mean I without do have ha- the without having to make a trade that Andy Dalton and Andrew Luck have basically identical stats over the past three years. Yep, we've had this combo. Yeah. So I, I know that that's going to frustrate you. Have a lot of people, you have shown some numbers. You have showed some of your analytics this, on that one. This, this is true. 
As far yeah. as Andy Dalton versus Andrew Luck, they've put up comparable numbers, comparable QBR ratings, comparable touchdowns, comparable yardage even. And you could, you could even make the argument that Andrew Luck has been surrounded with uh, better coaching staff and, frankly, better talent. So yeah. I do agree that Andy Dalton is a below-average uh, – no, I, th- I think he's an above-average quarterback. I don't think he will ever be that guy, though. I only slightly disagree because I think he's just average. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, pretty you're much a look... spinning a wheel. He's not going to get you a chip. He's not going to elevate your yeah. team. He's not going to make he anybody better. He flashes better. but never panned out to those flashes. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. But, yeah, right. so. Ha- I like it. You, you, I like the takes. You like the, you like the Bengals take? Yeah, I think it makes it makes sense. Uh, nothing too wild and crazy there. Very, uh, you know, pretty – grounded and conservative. That William Jackson stat, though, that, that hit you, huh? The William Jackson stat definitely. That's dude, wild, bro. When I wouldn't I read have thought that. that I, was, I definitely like, wouldn't have assumed it's that. It's crazy that, like, PFF can bring that. Like, that's why I like PFF a lot, honestly, but I don't judge their opinion on ranking, like, overall just players because it's all only metrics. There's so much more than just the, the analytic. Yeah, they, they sometimes get too But it's good for the, finding the those niche facts like that, though. Oh, that's what – I, I love them, man. You know, I actually uh, subscribe yeah, to their services. I, I, I really like, you know, a lot of the articles that they produce um, as far as analytics go. All right. Well, I'm going to hop right into the Baltimore Ravens. Keep this thing moving here. Uh, we're at a great pace, giving you some solid information, state ups, and uh, in a timely fashion. So for the Ravens, best pickup. Do I really have to say it, man? You already know Earl Thomas, man. That's yeah. it. It's That's it's pretty. It's cut and dry. Cut and dry. Uh, he easily replaces the veteran loss of Eric Weddle, if not improves it. Oh, it uh, improves Earl... it for sure. For sure. Earl Thomas unfortunately got injured last year before securing his long-term contract. I know that you know that upset a lot of people. That upset a lot of pure football fans, such as myself. I hated seeing that happen to such a consistent, and when he, and when he, uh, solid player. Off his, and when he flipped off his sideline, that upset the Seahawks. Yeah, but I mean, that was I was like, yo, he really flipped this sideline. But it was the front office, you know. They, yeah, you was, know, he has, yeah. he's got Pete Carroll in his ear, you know. He said, yo, sweet Jason lullabies. Garrett, come get me. Like, yeah, well, he's got sweet, you know, he's got he's got his coaching staff giving him sweet lullabies, like, oh, you know, we'll we'll take care of the contract, we'll take care of the contract, and then ends up you know, screwing over his entire season and, you know, really uh, was battle-tested in free agency. He wasn't picked up right away, so I'm, I'm glad that he was, and I'm glad that he found a spot here. I love him on this defense. This defense is historically aggressive and historically punch-mouth. He fits right into all of the other greats that have played for this team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think he's set up. He's gonna come. He's gonna come onto this team with with fury. This sets him up for a great late career surge, and I think he's gonna have an immediate benefit on this team. He's gonna be joining the backfield with the likes of Brandon Carr, uh, you know, who we've seen improvements from. Jimmy Smith, who's been hot and cold. Uh, Tony Jefferson, Marlon Humphrey, who is a uh, you know an up and comer for sure, and uh, Tavon Young, who has shown flashes of being an up and comer, but has been kind of up and down as well. So I think he's joining a great backfield and locker room where it's going to be a good mix of veterans, intermediate, and even, you know, really young players and yeah. who, who are all really going to get their own chance and, and, and time to shine there. Yeah, um, absolutely. Marlon Humphrey was actually another one of those guys that I uh, that I misevaluated a bit. I had him kind of in that, like, 
uh, another Alabama corner. Uh, nah, he's been he's been solid since he's coming. He's been in the very, league. very, very good, and way past where I had him at, to be honest. Now I he do have a caveat to the NFL. Yeah, I do have a caveat with the Earl Thomas pickup. I think you do have to mention, you know, over the past three seasons, he's been progressively injured. Uh, I believe in 2016, he played in 12 or 13 games. 2017, he played in like 10. And then obviously last year, he played in four. So there's, you know, been progressive and consistent injuries throughout this time period. Um, So as long as he can stay healthy, this is going to be a benchmark worth it deal. Now, I will say this. Another, you know, some fun facts and stats for you guys. Despite this concern, he was on track in his first four games last year. He only played four, realistically, like three and a half games last year. He was on track to shatter his career uh, stats in interceptions, tackles, and pass deflections. In those three and a half games, he had three picks, 22 tackles, and five pass deflections. To put that in comparison, his last full healthy season – he had three interceptions. His last full healthy season, he had 60 tackles. His last full healthy season, he had, I think, like seven or eight pass deflections. Uh-huh. So he was already well and be- above and beyond that in four freaking games. So, yes, there's injury concerns, I think, but I think this guy's still in his prime. I really do believe that. Um, he was on track to shatter any and all records and statistic, statistically speaking that he has set for himself throughout his prior eight NFL seasons. Um, now, as for the worst offseason move, it benefited my team, so I'm not that mad. But letting yeah. C.J. Mosley walk. Uh, yeah. C.J. Mosley, you know, prodigy linebacker talent from Alabama, tackle machine, tackle fuel. The only thing is, you know, his pass, pass coverage grade isn't there. I think PFF had them had him at like a 17th, which isn't ideal for a guy that you're going to pay, you know, tens of millions of dollars to every year, but he's still a, a you know, easily a top 10 backer. I think that attributes, is attributed a lot to his man coverage more so than his own coverage. Cause he's good in zone. Oh, he's solid in zone. It's more so man. Um, but I, I don't think that, you know, was Jets a guy aren't like going to rely on him to be in man. No, absolutely so not. A good fit there. He's going to be a zone run stop, stop gag, and it's going to work out fantastic. I think I'm really upset that they let him walk because, well, not me personally, but this team should be because they had such a, you know, if you imagine, you know, him still on that team and, and what they could have built around uh, a, a team that already went 10 and six, believe top five defense last year, it, the sky was a limit for them. And, and realistically, they have not addressed the gap that they're going to have at middle linebacker. Yes, they picked up Shane Ray, but that's not going to replace C.J. Mosley, not even close. You know, the other linebackers that they have in their core, Kenny Young, Patrick Unwarso, and Matt Judon. I mean, I like what I've seen out of Matt Judon. I really do. But the other two, they've, you know, they're, they're, they're bottom tier linebackers in the league, especially going into this season. So they're kind of banking on that to turn around. Yeah, to that leads into my roster improvements. So I definitely think they need to address linebacker. Surprisingly, and this is really surprisingly, uh, they still had a top 10 O-line last year, despite their center and left guard. So their center, Matt Skura, uh, gave up four and a half sacks last year. And I believe like 15 or 20 pressures. He had like four or five holding calls. That's terrible. really bad for a center. 
Like, very bad for a center. Uh, pretty sure he was ranked within the bottom five in the league at center. Same thing with their left guard, Alex Lewis. Hasn't started a full season, has been around for three seasons. So he's been consistently injured, um, has a- allowed, I think, four or five sacks last year, constant pressures. So they have two liabilities at center and left guard. But it's crazy to still think, despite that, they're a top 10 O-line. Uh, you really have to give all the credit there to Ronnie Stanley on the left tackle, uh, right tackle Orlando Brown, who has yeah, definitely shocked Orlando everybody. Yep. And, uh, and obviously, you know, the old reliable Marshall Yonda, a right guard. He's, so He's the man. I think, is the man. <laughs> I think with those two liabilities at center and left guard, this kind of leads right into the offseason position battles. Uh, one thing I'm definitely curious of is where does Ben Powers work in? Uh, this is a guard that they picked up in the draft. From believe, Bama, right? From Bama. Yeah. Uh, I believe day two or three. Very dominant pass protector. He's only allowed six pressures on 400 snaps last year. However... He's ranked outside the top 200 of college cards in, uh, in, in, in run block. So I don't know exactly how that fits into the scheme here. This is a very run-heavy team. As we know, they have a running back and quarterback. So it, I, I don't necessarily know exactly where he fits in and if he can fit in. But you do have you know, two substantial liabilities at center and left guard as it is. So I think he does work, and work his way into the starting rotation at some point this year. The other interesting offseason position battle would be their edge D-line role. Um, they got, you know, two new guys in Jalen Ferguson and Gerald Willis the third. I want to know, you know, if and when they work themselves into this defensive front. I think both of them can and will uh, at some point in the season. Their current roster I want includes, to see my guy Gerald Willis win that job. Hell yeah, dude. Their current roster, at, you know, at D-line in general, you know, generally speaking, includes Chris Wormley, Brandon Williams, Pernell McPhee, Tim Williams, who, you know, I'm so, so on. And uh, Michael Pierce, who I was actually really, really freaking high on uh, up until uh, I think it was last week. Some news came out. He showed up to camp well out of shape of his playing weight. His playing weight, to put in perspective, is 340 pounds. I believe he showed up to camp at 370. Uh, Harbaugh and, actually and kicked him off the field. Uh, oh, Dude, yeah. They kicked him yeah. off the field. They literally you took him off the field. field at that point. He got yeah. kicked off the field. He got told to go back to the training facility and and work his fat ass out. He, oh, I don't bl- I don't blame them. If you come onto my field weighing three seventy, you're going to the gym. You're not coming. What this? What what this? What uh kind of despises me? What 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 makes me angry about this situation is that this is your job, man. This is more than just you know. Like, at this point, this is more than just a game. You have a responsibility. Your body is your livelihood. You can't kind of just let yourself oh, yeah. go. Uh, especially, that's all I mean at like the NFL level. Like that's at the playing, NFL like, level. You, you want to show up to a college, paid, whatever, coming at three seventy. Exactly. You want to show up to college OTAs, all you know, out of shape and smoking cigarettes and pounding six packs. Go for it. You're not going to be on the team come come uh, come fall. NFL, you already yeah. signed that contract. You already signed a commitment to this team that you're going to put your best foot forward. Something like that raises character concerns for me for a guy that, you know, definitely had a very, very high ceiling at uh, interior D-line. So it, it's kind of shocking and, and disappointing for me. Um, you know, I, I hope he turns around at some point in the season and, and gets back to playing shape. 
because when he when he's in, you know, when he's in, he's in, and uh, it's definitely unfortunate. And when Gerald Will is sitting there, there's not the, you know. Yeah, he did it to himself. He to might lose his job. He really that. might lose his job, and I kind of yeah, hope he does. This is the time you need to be on the field competing. Basically, and he's not even going through training camp or OTAs right now, so we'll see how that works out for them. I'm going to go ahead and go right through their quick schedule walkthrough. Uh, same format we've been doing the past couple of weeks. We're not going to spend too much time week to week, kind of just flying, flying by, giving you some results. Uh, to preface, this team went 10-6 and six last year. Um, say what you want about Lamar Jackson. I'm not a great fan of him as a passer, but he knows how to win games. He knows how to win games. That's, that's what it comes down to. Part of the job of quarterback is, yeah, you know, throwing the ball, but the most important and crucial thing is, you know, winning the game. I think he is unique in the sense that he kind of knows how to manage games as a as both a runner and a passer. Um, but, you know, we need to see some substantial leaps this year as far as his small to medium intermediate th- uh, throwing accuracy. So uh, – yeah, those out routes, dude. He still can't throw a freaking out route. He couldn't do that in Louisville, and he can't do it in the NFL. So it's unfortunate this team lost to the Chargers in the wild card round, 23-17. Definitely wasn't an expected loss. You know, very few people had them winning that game. I'm surprised it was even that close. It was close. a good game. Very close game. Uh, the Ravens last year in 2018 were ninth in total offensive yardage. Top five rush and pass defense. Number one defense overall. Number one defense overall. They lost key benchmark defensive players that define their defense, like C.J. Mosley, Eric Weddle, T. Sizzle, not to mention a younger up-and-coming talent like Zadarius Smith, who I definitely wanted them to keep, and they should have kept. Um, So that kind of competed with me as far as their worst offseason move was C.J. Mosley. I really think they should have tried their best to keep Zadarius Smith. A guy like that is really not that expensive for the level of production he's going to bring immediately to the field. Um, so that said, you know, they compromised a little bit of, of themselves in the defensive side of the ball. Yes, they picked up Earl Thomas. That's not going to replace C.J. Mosley, Eric Whittle, T. Sizzle, and Zadarius Smith. Um, now, on the other side, their offense is uh, going to be off the walls, man. They picked up Hollywood Brown, Justice Hill, and Miles Boykin, who are all slated to have immediate impacts. Hollywood Brown is going to be a day-one starter. Justice Hill is going to split carries with Mark Ingram. Day one, I'm calling it right now. And, and if my, they give Hayden Brewer, if they gave gave my boy Hayden Hurst, like if they give him full time duties. Oh, like, it's not even just Hayden Hayden Hurst. You also have uh, Mark Edwards there too. So you're gonna have yeah, but I just like Hayden Hurst a lot, bro. I like, I like Hayden Hurst at, uh, he's at just purely a, a receiving tight end. As like a, a receiving tight end, I, he's basically another. He's like another receiver on the field. I think he could be the Larry Fitz of tight ends. Those just sure hands. Oh, his he's hands got are such so great hands, nice, man. Bro. But yeah, he this like is basically a... didn't drop a pass in, in college. <laughs> Pretty much never dropped a pass. Yeah, I, I really like the pickup. Like literally. Uh, top. I, another thing to note: they also have a top ten difficult schedule. But this is a really, really, really good team. Week one at Dolphins, I got them getting a W here, not being on the Dolphins. Week two versus the Cardinals, I actually haven't beaten the Cardinals. I think it's going to be an interesting game seeing uh, Lamar and Kyler going back and forth and definitely seeing some big runs from both of them. 
but you know, I have them out competing them. Week three at the Chiefs. I actually see this as an extremely tight game. I think they, you know, barely lose this probably in, you know, the third and fourth quarter. This is going to be their first loss of the season. Week four versus the Browns at home. You know, not in Cleveland, but, you know, in in Baltimore. I actually have them winning this. It's going to be an extremely tight, prove-it divisional game, but they proved that they can win these types of games last year. So I got them getting a W. Now they're 3-1, and one, heading over to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. Uh, actually, I'm getting a loss here. Week six against the Bengals, got them getting a W, not big on the Bengals. Week seven at Seahawks in 12th man, that's a loss. Week eight, bye week, week nine versus the Patriots. Prime time, no way, loss. Uh, week 10 in Cincinnati against the Bengals, actually I'm winning, not big on the, the Bengals this year, obviously. Mm-hmm. Week 11 versus the Texans. I actually have them winning this as well. Um, this defense is just too freaking good, man. Uh, week 12 at Ravens in L.A., primetime game. Yeah, that's a loss. Week 13 versus the 49ers. That's going to be a W. Week 14 at Buffalo against the Bills. Got to get a W here. Week 15 versus the Jets. Thursday primetime game on a short week. Uh, I don't see them winning this. I think hey. I think they have too much of a liability at center and and left guard. Uh, Jets defensive front this year easily slated to be a top ten as far as um, not necessarily I mean, pass rush, but rush rush you know run style. And that's I mean, kind of on the, a side note. I'm I'm very very curious to hear your Jets take in a few weeks. Oh. Oh, that's going to be a few weeks of death. I'm excited about that. about that. One. I think Quinnen Williams is going to pick up Matt Skura, put him on his back, and then s- swing him around and smack uh, smack Lamar Jackson with his body. Uh, it, it's <laughs> – it, <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. This D-line oh, man. is insane. Plus, you're going to have C.J. Mosey out there playing for blood. Uh, I, I, I don't have him winning this. Week 16 at the Browns. I have them split in the series. They're not going to win this time around, you know, in, in the dog pound. So getting an L. Week 17 versus the Steelers at home. I got them edging this one out. Overall record 10 and 6, wild card playoffs, or maybe a divisional spot like last year, depending on the Browns. Uh, I think this division mm-hmm. itself is going to be super competitive between Cleveland, uh, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. So it's going to be very interesting to see which team kind of edges out the other. I could definitely see both two teams in this division making the playoffs, Uh, obviously with one taking a wild card spot. So overall record summary, I think this season comes down to the development of Lamar. Simple as that. He needs to develop as a passer. Now, I do want to say this. To highlight, he had the highest QB grade under pressure amongst all 2019 rookie, rookie QBs. I think yeah. uh, his his, makes sense. his QBR under pressure was like eighty, which is nuts, absolutely nuts. Sam Darnold was like forty five. Josh Rosen was like twelve. Like he's a monster under <laughs> pressure. I guess um, he's got this. No, no, seriously, it was in it was close to single digits. Josh Rosen was not good yeah. under pressure last season. Uh, he also had the second highest deep throw rating as well for all rookie quarterbacks last year. So, like he I does said, have a cannon. 
he's got a can and he's got a lot of speed and there's going to be a lot more dynamics to this offense with Hollywood Brown joining there. Uh, it's going to be insane. Yeah. There's so much freaking speed. I want to see Justice Hill kind of split carries with Mark Ingram. That's going to be a thunder and lightning. It's going to be nuts. Um, beyond this, their linebacker core is a major concern of mine. So hopefully the excellent DBs that they have behind them allow, you know, something to develop there. So that's, that's my, uh, it's my Raven state of. I like it. I like it. Definitely. Yeah, um, I kind of, I thought you were higher on the Ravens. I thought you were like a 11 or 12 win for the Ravens kind of guy, but I think they could <clears throat> compete and shock in some of those big games. You had them with the losses, but yeah, no, I think all of the games that I had them losing. Right. So like, at Seahawks, twelfth, and I'm like, also just not high on yeah. See Seattle, I'm just you know I'm not high. Yeah, on they, I, I think they could win that. You know, depending how that games go. What what played the biggest yeah. factor there for me was sophomore inconsistent quarterback against a pretty good defense in yeah. their territory. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Patriots prime time with Earl dude. Thomas. Like, yeah, they're gonna want to shut down Earl Thomas. Patriots primetime week nine? No way, dude. There's no way. And then the Rams game, Jets game. It was mostly, the, it was mostly Seattle, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So, yeah, man, that's my state of. I'm pretty freaking high on this team. I'm not that crazy about them just because of their linebacker yeah. core. And obviously – You're not, not going to have them winning the chip. <laughs> nah. And obviously the li- the liability that they have, the two liabilities that they have in all, on O-line, which is huge with, a, you know, a quarter. But I guess, you know, that, that probably helps – Helps Lamar throw a little better. <laughs> um, what I do find interesting, out, man. all three of their quarterbacks are basically running backs. They have RG3 and Trace McSorley. That's their depth chart. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be uh, definitely interesting to see. Nice. Nice. So, I'm up uh, with the Browns, which you said you're excited for. Hell, yeah. I know you're yeah. big on this team. I want to yeah, see. I'm big on the team. I want to see how uh, see how, how egregious you get with it. Yeah, are they are yeah, they right. Super Bowl all champs? Right. Like so, so many people. Uh, I, think? Bro, you're gonna. There'll be some some shocks in here. It'll be some like all right. O, OBJ gets a ring this year. Is that what's gonna happen? Listen, man. I'll I'll, I'll talk about it. I I'll talk about it. Just all right. So the Browns. Um, was definitely excited to talk about the Cleveland Browns, of course. Uh, they got my favorite GM in John Dorsey, who built, excuse me, who built up the pack, that Packers team for years and then built up basically the Andy Reid era Chiefs for the most part. Uh, a bunch of and my now guys the Browns. The yep. The emerging Browns last dynasty. couple years. Yeah. Yep. And I called it. I said, John Dorsey is about to build this team up. That's what he does. He's a great he's one, of the one best for the boys. GMs of all time, of all time, he's one of the best at just building talent and putting it in the right pieces together. Very um, true. Yeah, like I said, a bunch of my guys are on this team, so yeah, de- I was definitely excited. Um, starting uh, with the best move, I'm gonna go. I'm going to say it's obviously Odell, but I'm gonna touch on a runner-up instead. Uh, with drafting Mac Wilson from Bama in the fourth, we it's a super steal that uh, there like we've discussed. Solid linebacker, good tackler, decent in coverage, oh, dude, decent pass steal. rush. Yeah, what they good get him fifth round, fourth. fifth round or something like that. Fourth, fourth, fourth. Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
Yep, a good tackler, decent in coverage, decent pass rush, good run support. Uh, immediate day one replacement for the Jamie Collins loss, in my opinion. Because remember that Jamie Collins is back in New England. Yeah, I, th- I think it's plug and play. Man. Belichick put him in timeout and then, then took him out now. Yeah, it's basically plug and play. He's going to come right in. I, I think Mac is going to yeah. start right away. You have that as your best pickup? He has a higher ceiling. His ceiling's higher than – Wait, you uh, have him as their Collins. best pickup? Uh, no, I said Odell uh, is. Uh, I wanted to touch on the runner-up. Gotcha. Odell is Odell. Like, Honorable mention, Odell. yeah. Odell's Odell. Yeah, I wanted to go with the next the next move that like not a lot of people know about, you know? True. That's a fourth-round draft pick. <laughs> True. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so immediate Jamie, Jamie Collins replacement right there. Uh, the, worst of, the worst of their few off-season moves, because they really didn't do too much. They kind of just went, like, drop an ad pretty much. Uh, it was probably the Eric Murray trade, though, with Kansas City. Uh, you still aren't solidified. Uh, the trade was Eric Murray straight up for Emmanuel Ogba, by the way. Uh, you wow. still aren't solidified in the D-line. Uh, Ogba can play a solid depth role. Uh, Eric Murray will get lost in that DB core and be gone at the end of his deal. Uh, it, it's a bit nitpicky, but everyone knows they have – they had a great offseason. So, uh, for the roster at QB, it's Baker season now. So, he's got all the tools for the most part. He need, he, he really, like, that's it. He's got most of the tools that he really needs. Yeah, man. He's due for a great, he's due for a great season and, and a playoff berth for sure. Uh, Baker proved he can go under center and play well, which was a concern. I Money Mayfield, man. Uh, that was my only concern was Kenny playing the center because he never really did it in college or high school. So, uh, But he hasn't completely shed the off-the-field stuff, actually. Actually, like a couple hours ago or so. Uh, the Duke Johnson thing? Saying, no, no, no. That was a few days ago. This is like a couple hours ago. Um, he was just on record saying about current Texas Longhorn quarterback Sam Ellinger that he doesn't he doesn't like me, and I hope I, he knows I don't like him either. It's nothing serious, but it, his personality was always the question mark. So when you're just going at college QBs right now for so, no reason, you know, focus on like the NFL rivalry. That's what, yeah, no, like I don't mind. Like it's it's I know it's a school rivalry thing, so it's whatever. But it's like why you put that's. You have this Duke Johnson drama going on. Like, don't just – you stay off Twitter for a little bit, you know? He definitely just needs relax. to delete his socials. Yeah, just relax. Keep humble for a second. Like, Sit down. <laughs> um, I don't think he's a bad guy at all. I don't think he's a bad guy at all. I like him, but he just needs to calm down sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like, like I said, the recent stuff with Duke Johnson too, like – um, after him, they signed uh, AFL legend and Alex guy, Garrett Gilbert. Hey, Orlando Apollo's yeah, boy. Dude, he yeah, went he's off. He's a legend, bro. <laughs> he is. A, he, bro- he, he is. like set all the records. He set all the records for the Apollos, bro. He did. He's their all-time leading yeah. passer, touchdown scorer. <laughs> uh, he's actually the, a- the AAF's leading uh, passer and, and touchdown scorer as well. Fun fact. There you go. There you go. Uh-oh. Goat. The AAF goat. 
I hope oh, he gets some man. reps, man. Uh, I hope he I hope he comes in relief. I'm gonna watch no, his preseason game. I'm gonna watch his preseason game. I, don't I really wish, am. I don't, I don't wish bad upon him, but I don't think he's he can do much in the league. <laughs> but anyways, um, <laughs> yeah. After him, they got Drew Stanton, who's just a journeyman, nothing special, second to third string, highest ceiling he has. Um, and rookie David Blau, who you can look up his story; it's a good one. Uh, I'm not really going to get into it. Um, running back, they picked up Cream Hunt, who should be missing the first portion of the season. Eight games should, should be eight at least games. Half the game, half the season, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he should be at least a chunk of touches guy with uh, Nick Chubb, as just stated. Duke Johnson is is drama is behind him. He should be gone though. Honestly, he's Sean's not going to play the regular season. There. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, wide receiver, they obviously they have my guys Odell and Jarvis. Um, but aside from the best tandem in the game, they have a uh, up and comer Antonio Callaway, Alex guy. Hell yeah, from Florida, man. That's been Alex guy. Um, he was a behavioral guy that slipped super late in the draft for them. They've gotten really lucky with some late draft, late round draft picks. Well, yeah, he he was riding around the whip with Coke and like a fifty year old, bulling, mad weird. Yeah. It, 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 Florida has a lot of criminals. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's any anyways anyways um yeah that's your, that's your guy for sure um recently signed Jalen Strong um and they have team vet Richard Higgins uh, the first three should easily make the trio with Higgins at the four and Jalen Strong for depth wow. tight end they got young beast David David Joku. Yeah, that's like I think that's arguable the best receiver group in in the league. <laughs> as far as like depth and everything goes, I, I would say with challenge at least them, the trio. That's at least the best wide receiver trio, though. I think Callaway. the only thing that could rival them would be the Vikings with yes. Thielen and Diggs and Rudolph. So I, I think that's the only the, thing. The third receiver is what really makes or breaks the the battle between those two. Because Callaway could be a top two receiver on most other depth charts. Yeah, he could be a two on a lot of teams. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, they got any- – anyways, at tight end, they got a uh, young beast, David Joku, who's super, super solid for them. Uh, they're After that, they have recently signed Demetrius Harris from Kansas City and Seth McValve. Uh, Harris will be the number two, I think. Uh, O-line has been built quick and efficiently so far, despite Joe Thomas's early departure. Left tackle, they retained Greg Robinson, who was a late bloomer after being considered a bust from the Rams, being drafted in top two in 2014 behind Jadavian Clowney. Wow. Left guard, they have... Forgot about yeah, that. Yeah. Was, yeah, every, everybody forgot about that because he's playing well now. On the, he's, he's on the Browns, he's playing well. Yeah. Um, Left, yeah, left guard. They have recently drafted Joel Bitonio, who's been super solid so far for them. Uh, definitely super solid there. Uh, at center, they currently have J.C. Treader from Green Bay, who isn't bad, but should be looked on to be replaced soon. Right guard, second round pick last year, Austin Corbett. Uh, Corbett. He's I like him well a lot. so far. Yeah. I like him. Yeah, I was about to say I, I like him taking a leap this year, too. They round out that group with Chris Hubbard at right tackle, uh, a vet who's mostly there as a gap fill at the moment. They will address this soon, I think, though. 
defensively, you start with Miles Garrett, a top five DN in, in the NFL, no question in my opinion. Maybe top five overall D lineman, maybe. Uh, that's hot takey. Hot take. Not really. I mean, I I could definitely see him up there. You know, he's he's a top five DN for sure. Yeah, but I would put him amongst the like the the JJ. Um, Aaron Donald company like I, he he, yeah, he that, belongs that different breed. That different he's tier breed. one. I would say he's tier one. D line. Yeah, no question. It's just if you have like a a sub tier, like elite, top of the top, you know. Um. Yeah, but anyways, opposite him, you got Olivier Vernon acquired in the Odell deal. Like, that whole trade overall is the best move so far because you got Odell and everybody forgets they got Olivier Vernon in that deal, too. He's so – he's he's nice. Like, so, yeah, you put him opposite Miles Garrett now. That That's a top – that's like – that's a great duo to start. <laughs> and that's just a start to talk about the defense. Inside, you got Larry Ogunjobi, who's a solid guy there for them, um, and recently signed Sheldon Richardson. Sheldon should definitely be the main guy here with Ogunjobi behind him. Um, the linebackers are a gr- good group as well. Um, outside, recently discussed Mac Wilson and uh, Christian Kirksey with Joe Schobert in the middle. Schobert is a super, super good tackler, and Kirksey is no slouch at it either. Also in the group is uh, Sion Takitaki, who definitely Alec definitely discussed previously. Yeah, um, that was that one threw yeah, me off. Sion that one that. threw me off, but yeah. I, I'm sure they have a plan for him. They've done great drafting so far, yeah. so we'll see. He's a great tackler, like you said. Look at look at what they're doing with these great tackling linebackers: Joe Schobert, uh, Christian Kirksey, now with Mac Wilson. Mm-hmm. Like they're doing things with these uh, tackling linebackers. Um, and recently retained uh, Ray Ray Armstrong as well, uh, who I used to eat with in NCAA when he was at Miami and a safety. <laughs> Back in one of the last NCAAs, he was a safety at Miami, and he used to come down and just kill people. It was fun. Yeah. Um, the DBs are obviously Denzel Ward, sophomore stud. They smartly picked fourth overall, and a lot of people question it over Bradley Chubb, but Denzel Ward shined, man. <laughs> he's he's like in that William Jackson category already after one year, like I was talking about with that like minimal year, but like already elite looking. Like, I mean, they smartly picked him at fourth, but despite being questioned. Um, dude is a dog, and he, like I said, he's on the verge of the, of being an elite corner. Um, at corner, opposite him, they have rookie Savage, my guy, Greedy Williams, uh, who's going to prove everyone wrong on that other side, in my opinion. Like, he's going to prove everybody wrong. And him and Denzel Ward could be the best corner duo in the league at some point. Um the other guy in the trio should be TJ Carey, uh, guy who recently got beat on that nasty Odell minicamp touchdown on the yeah. the quick cut inside. Like, that was TJ Carey. That's Odell, though, man. Yeah. <laughs> that was so clean and so well-timed between him and Baker. And TJ Carey was holding Odell a little bit. Um. With Terrence Mitchell, Mitchell and uh, Eric Murray battling now in Cleveland to see who is worse, as they did in Kansas City. Because um, they both just came over from Kansas City, and they both really aren't good. So they'll, they'll battle again to see who's worse here. Um, 
Safeties are super solid with Demarius Randall, who's coming into his own now, being comfortably back at his best position, being free safety. With uh, vet Morgan Burnett from rival Pittsburgh. So, yeah, I mean, like last episode, uh, there's a bunch of honorable moves, like honorable mention moves. Sheldon Richardson promoting Freddie Kitchens, a head coach, Morgan Burnett, etc. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the um, the roster there. Uh, I think they could have a top defense in the league, if not the top defense in the league. For sure. All those names. For sure. It just depends on the linebackers cover. Um, if Greedy can live up to the potential. And, yeah, that's really what all it depends on in defense. If TJ Carey can step up as a third corner, those linebackers just keep tackling. But they got to make sure they can cover. Uh, yeah. That defense, I like it a lot. That offense is so electric, and I'm high on the Browns for sure. Like you said, I think you're high on them too. Yeah, I, you gotta be. You gotta be right now, until they prove you otherwise. Uh, schedule walkthrough to close out the Browns here. Um, week one, they start at home and face the Titans. I think Cleveland definitely takes this one here. So one and zero. Week two, they go to MetLife to face Alex Jets. And a potential game I may go watch. So, yeah, um, I'm thinking we, when you're doing your road trip schedule, uh, I think we might have to add this one. This is week two. Ooh. This is a couple months away. Yeah. MetLife, come up to New York. It's going to be a Monday night football primetime game, and it's a classic so, now. What I, yeah, so many of my guys. For, for, so many of my guys. for me, this is a growing rivalry, right? So – as a as a longtime Jets fan, uh, and and obviously I've been through the ups and downs with them. One of the things I really wanted in 2017 draft, or the 2018 draft rather, was to pick up Baker Mayfield. I thought he was going to yeah. fall to three. I, oh, I know Baker's been your guy. You knew Baker's I was so guy. high on him. I was so freaking high on him, and I, in you know universally speaking. Everybody had Sam Darnold going first, Sam Darnold going first. And I'm like, dude, I hope, I hope the Browns do that. And it obviously didn't pan out that way. So, uh, yeah, you were, you were praying. I do have some gripe. <laughs> For me, this is a rivalry game, you know? Yeah. For I, me, it's just so many of my guys involved. The showcase in the of talent. You're basically just going there and seeing the best of the best duke it out. Uh, you get to see Jamal, Quinnen, Leonard. Yeah, bro. Like, well, that's what I'm saying. So many of my guys, Jamal Adams, Greedy Williams. Baker, Odell, Odell Jarvis, 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 Joku. Think about how many of my guys like that. Yeah. So many. It's ridiculous. Uh, David Njoku is one of my favorite tight ends. Like, there's, Browns have so many people I like. The Jets have Jamal Adams and a few others that I really like. like <laughs> oh, man. Chris Herndon, who I told you about. Oh, hell yeah. The second you guys drafted him. You know what? The second you guys drafted him. Like, yo, he's a sleeper. I'm, I'm slowly end. starting to get He just there. didn't get shined because he was behind. Yo, he just didn't get shined because he was behind David Njoku. Yeah. yeah. One of the big things that, uh, that I'm really excited for, and I think he's going to work his way in the rotation this year, is actually Blake Cashman for the Jets. We're getting a little off ball here, but he's got a good tackling linebacker. Top top five tackling grade according to PFF for college football, yeah. college football Absolutely. linebackers last year. So, 
I'm kind of hyped. <laughs> I hope he yeah. uh, turns out for us. Yeah, we could probably Devin will probably go. He could see Denzel Ward. He might go. So, um, I I like to see a Denzel Ward too. He's a he he's a dog man. He's he's gonna be an elite corner for years. Um, yeah. So week two, where we you down to add it to the uh, road schedule? Yeah, we'll probably toss that in there. I think it's got to be if you just everything we just talked about, man. It's two up and coming teams. Jets are up and coming, whether they their fans want to face it or not, whether other people want to face it or not. They're up and coming. I just don't want to believe it. Browns down again. <laughs> Browns, as you're going to see, I'm high on, so they're they're going to be must see must watch football this year. They'll be on my screen every every week. I'll have them on Sunday ticket, whatever. It, it, like they'll be on. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, week two, they're gonna MetLife face face the uh, face the Jets. Um, I do have Cleveland winning though. Oh, going two and zero with a win. No, back yeah, to back. Sorry, they're going back to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two and zero. Uh, yep. Week three, home versus the Rams. Uh, I think so. This will be a shootout with a surprise Browns win here. So 3 and 0. Yeah, week 4 they get their first Baltimore matchup on the road, like you said. Um and I think they do lose in a close game but split the series with home wins. So 3 and 1. Week 5 they travel across the country to San Francisco and I believe they win a close game 4 and 1. Week 6 back to Cleveland versus Seahawks and like pre- like previously touched on multiple times uh I'm not high in Seattle, and Seattle loses this one. So five and one for the Browns. They get a decently early bye week in week seven with a five and one record going in. They are for sure super confident, but ready for the rest of the season. I think they're not just overconfident to where it's going to affect their game. I think they're going to be season ready at well as well at that point. Um, week eight, they head to New England and win a shootout. Between Baker and Brady, I think they win it six and one. Uh, Baker has the better weapons. I think the sh- he wins the shootout. So yeah, six and one. Week nine, they head back west to face Denver at Mile High. I think Denver takes this here surprisingly, hmm. six and two. Yeah, yeah, a little hot takey, definitely a little hot takey. Um, week ten at home versus the Bills. Uh, I think they work them, but another top ten matchup for me like I was discussing before, uh, Tredavious White and Levi Wallace, who are both <laughs> – those are my guys. You know Levi Wallace. I, he, I'm the only one who's – my dude, my guy. Man. That's the only – I've been the only one on the Levi Wallace train, and you know it. <laughs> For years. <laughs> to find me somebody talking about Levi Wallace. Yeah. Um, yeah, so him and Tredavious White, my other guy, versus Odell and Jarvis, both my guys. So <laughs> that's that's a top ten matchup for sure. And I'm going to definitely tune into that game just for those matchups, to be honest. Uh, and and Josh Allen versus Baker Mayfield as well. So, so yeah, I think they worked the Bills 7-2. and two. Week 11, home versus Pittsburgh. And I got Cleveland sweeping them, making Morgan Burnett happy because that's his old team. Uh, so, 8-2. and two. Week 12, home versus the Dolphins. Uh, I can see the Browns eating them alive, but can also see a surprise here. But I think the first happens, so nine and two, they get a win. Week thirteen, like I said, a Steelers sweep, so ten and two. Week fourteen, like I, like stated previously, a Browns over Bengals sweep, eleven and two. 
week 15 at Arizona. Browns catch another win here, 12-2. and two. Week 16 at Baltimore. Like I said, they split the series, and Cleveland wins at home here since I said it was a home split, mm-hmm. so 13-2. and two. Week 17, they close with the, the Bengals sweep and astonishingly finish at 14 and 2. Bugging for me. No, I'm just kidding. 14 and 2. Yeah, I can 14 and 2. I can see it. I can definitely oh, see it. That's super hot takey. That is super hot takey. Now, okay, so obviously you have them going to the playoffs. How far are they going to progress? They could go to the Super Bowl. I think they could go to the Super Bowl Damn. for sure. All right, well, you heard it here. <laughs> yeah, hot takey for You definitely sure. heard it here. I think they'll I think they can have a good chance at making it to the AFC chip. I think they'll definitely. I think be it in depends. The it depends who's in the AFC sure chip. Win that division. I think if it's the Chiefs, they, if they meet the Chiefs in the AFC chip, they could win it. I think if it's the Pats, no way. Too much. I think they finish with a top a top four seed in the in the uh, AFC. It, for sure. If they top if they seed. meet the Pats in the AFC chip, they have the Pats have way too much postseason experience. I, yeah. I just I don't see it happening. Uh, I, if that, I think if they get the Chargers, if they get the Chiefs, if they get anybody anybody else, I think they can you know finagle a win there. Just anybody but the Pats, man. I'll never count them out. It, yeah, it's just hard to count them out. You always got to have it as a shootout. Yeah, especially in those kind of games. But Brady finds a way to win, dude. Boy wonder, or you know, yeah, gra- it's, re- it's pretty wonder ridiculous. Yeah, so. Yep, I'm pretty pretty damn high on these Browns. Hell yeah, fourteen and two, like very it. hot, very hot takey, but but I'll take. I'm it. high on this division overall. I'm high on this division overall outside yeah. of the Bengals. Um, all right, well <laughs> let's let's get right to the Pittsburgh Steelers. State of yeah, round it out, round it out. Best pickup, easy one for me. Devin Bush, one of the best linebackers in this class. I had him as second best behind Devin White. He fits his defense super well and is just going to elevate it even further. He's a part of that smash mouth, aggressive Pittsburgh, uh, you know, historical defense mentality, similar to the Ravens. He's being joined, however, by TJ Watt, offseason edition of Mark Barron, who's going to really solidify that inside linebacker spot. Bud Dupree and Isaiah Bugs from Alabama that they also recently picked up. Uh, you know, it, it, I think he's really just going to add even more of a crazy dynamic to this defense. He was, uh, you know, Devin Bush was a top 10 pass uh, pass rusher in college football last year when rushing the, the passer. So I'm very excited to see what packages they throw him in here and, and, and exactly how. He's a beast coming downhill. He's a beast. Very, very fast, very aggressive. I'm excited to see how he, uh, you know, clicks in and fits in with this with his defense. Um, so, yeah, he, he's a stealer all the way, man. Worst offseason move, letting A.B. walk. I mean, you had to let him walk. There were some locker room issues. They lost four of their yeah, last. Yeah, I disagree in that regard. What? He has to walk. He had to walk, right? So, I, you got to wait, you know. so It's hard to put that as the worst move. I'll get to that. So, you had to let him walk. There was a lot of locker room problems towards the tail end of last year. Basically, their dysfunctionality cost them the season. They lost four of their last six games. They were easily on track to go right up to the AFC playoffs and contend again. But because of all this extra nonsense BS going on, you know, the, the season kind of falls through. However, yeah. 
it is inarguable that AB is not a top 15 receiver of all time. Hmm. You let him walk for a third, which you picked up Deontay Johnson, not an ample replacement, and a fifth in which you picked up Zach Gentry. Gentry. It's just inexcusable in my book. Third and fifth. Um, my thing is, though, I like Zach Gentry as like a, a experimental guy. So they got him late. You're talking about a and, top 20 receiver of all need, time. They dude. don't need a one or two. They don't need a one or two is what you have to think about, though, because Juju and James Washington just replaced that one and two we'll see. spot. We'll see. Juju moves to the one. I think Juju could be better than A.B. Look, my my, sure, my, my take – I think it's going to happen. Nah, I, don't, I disagree with that. My, my take is I understand the locker room dynamic was pretty unhealthy as it was, but they definitely should have tried to make it work out somehow. And even if it was beyond the point of repair, at least get more value for him from, from, for him from a desperate team. It's not like he was on a you know, off-contract season. You could have went into the season with him and baited another team, especially a contending team. Wait for some injuries. Wait for yeah. off-season to happen. Let this guy you know, do whatever he wants. And, and, and I think for a third and fifth, you're talking about a, uh, you know, perennial type of receiver. That's it's, it's inexcusable in my book. And he accounted for 15 touchdowns on this team last year. Juju, Juju is being covered by CB twos. So that's, that's my, I thing. think if the Browns, I think if the Browns didn't have plans to get Odell or they couldn't get Odell, they would have got a B that would have been their next target. Yeah. So, as far as roster improvements to be made, the Steelers, they're a very solid team, as they have been for a very long time. I think they still need some tight end depth. They let Jesse James walk for pretty much nothing. They still have Vance McDonald, who I'm not overly high on, and they scoop Zach Gentry. But I still think they have a missing hole in the absence of Jesse James in the pass attack. Um, and hopefully that you know opens up room for Zach Gentry to really step in right away. But that's putting a lot of faith in a fifth-round draft pick. Despite the immediate look at their secondary, uh, both of their, you know, both their cornerback Mike Hilton and Sean Davis actually performed quite well last season within the top third of both of their respective positions. You know, not big names that you hear of talked about all the time, but all these talking heads on TVs. But both of these guys are very solid at their respective positions, and they added some depth with Justin Lane. Um, I do like the Benny Snell pickup, especially splitting, splitting snaps with James Conner. As we saw last year, he had a breakout year, but he also got injured pretty quickly. Uh, you have a, you know, easily one of the best offensive lines in the league. You need, you know, you need some, uh, some split in carries there, especially, you know, with a team that likes to run the ball so much and do a lot with, with runners as far as pass blocking and receiving and, and everything else they do with their offensive packages. Interesting. Yeah, like I like I said, Benny Snell basically models his game exactly off of Le'Veon Bell. Basically. So it's kind of interesting. Very it's interesting. interesting. I think as a replacement. Hot take, I see him as the starter by the by year's end. Ooh, that is hot. You dude. heard it here first. And that goes right into my next till, session. That goes right into my next session. We waited till the back half. Interesting off-season positional battles. The their teams. RB, their running back core assignment. Their backfield right now includes Benny Snell Jr., James Conner, and Jalen Samuels. And I think that the roster ends the season that way. The depth chart, rather, ends the season in that way. Benny Snell, RB1. James Conner, RB2. Jalen Samuels, RB3. You heard it here fucking first. 
Cornerback committee includes Mike Hilton, <laughs> Justin Lane, Joe Hayden, Steven Nelson, Artie Burns. Uh, Artie Burns is trash. Steven Nelson unproven. Joe Hayden solid. Mike Hilton solid. Justin Lane's going to work his way in there somehow. I don't know when, how, where, but I think Mike Hilton, Justin Lane, Joe Hayden will all split split at the cornerback position. Yeah. Uh, to follow up to that, is Mason Rudolph the default, by, the by default backup quarterback? Or does Joshua Dobbs still have any sway in this locker room? Uh, I believe the former. I think Mason Rudolph is going to step right in as that backup role. Uh, yeah. Josh Dobbs will, you know, fall fall in line to third. And uh, secondly, he's just going to go be an astronaut or some shit. Like... <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, last offseason position battle, Zach Gentry. Is he going to be the immediate t- t- tight end too? Are they still going to primarily use Xavier Grim- uh, Grimble? Yeah. I see him more as a blocking tight end option for them. I actually see Zach Gentry working his way as TE1. So, uh, yeah, threw some really quick hot takes for there. Uh, takes there for you with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Takes- I mean, we waited till the back half of this to start bringing out the hot takes, and we brought them pretty, pretty – You knew they were coming. Quick schedule walkthrough. Yeah. I'm going to preface the schedule with this. Steelers missed the playoffs last year. They lost A.B. in the offseason, who accounted for 15 total touchdowns on this offense. However, Steelers last year were number four in total offensive yardage, second in passing, and – and this is why I think Benny Snell takes the job. They were 31st in rushing. Ooh. 31st in rushing. Despite a major leap for James Conner that surprised and shocked everybody, he suffered some injuries throughout the season. And it's not like he had a bunch of games. Like, he had a couple games that, you know, he threw up 140 yards, three touchdowns. But he had struggle games. He had struggle games. He had struggle games. And I think that's going to open open the lane for Benny Snell. Yeah. Now, on the uh, opposite side of the ball, this team was the top 10 pass and re- rush de- defense in the league last year. So they have pretty high expectations to live up to. They actually ended up, you know, missing the playoffs, like I said, and ending out with a 9-6-1 and one record last year with four of those losses coming in the last six weeks. So uh, they also have one of the hardest schedules. So I'll, I'll get right to it. Week one at, at Patriots in New England, primetime game. Enough said, loss. Big Ben has only won two games against the Pats in his entire career. Not happening this time around. He's, he's faced the Patriots with much better teams and still lost. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Week two versus the Seahawks. Not overly high on them this year as well, so I actually see them winning. Week three at 49ers, I actually have them losing this game in a surprise shock game that's going to overvalue the 49ers at this point in the season. Week week four versus Bengals primetime, W. Week five versus Ravens at home in Pittsburgh, W. Week six at Chargers primetime, loss. Easy loss game for me. Uh, I, I It's... I just don't see the Steelers team being enough to stop the completeness of this Chargers roster and depth chart. Week seven bye week, week eight versus Dolphins primetime. I think they, they win this game pretty, pretty, pretty handedly. Week nine versus the Colts in Pittsburgh. Very high on the Colts this year. Don't need to mention it again. They're going to lose. 
Uh, week 10 versus the Rams, W in a shock game. The only reason I have winning is it's going to be in pit. Uh, week 11 at Browns, primetime, short week, Thursday night game, loss. Uh, week 12 at Cincy, I actually have them winning. Again, not high on the Bengals. Week 13, back against the Browns. I think they split the series, and I, get the, I think they get the W here, especially since it's at home and not on a short week and not a primetime game. Week 14 at Cards, W. Week 15 versus Buffalo uh, in Pitt, W. Week 16 at Jets, W. <laughs> week 17 at Ravens, uh, a loss. So I have them ending the season a little bit better than they did last year at 10 and 6. Um, and I think they're going to compete for either a wild card playoff spot or a uh, divisional spot in a very crowded AFC North. We can't ignore the fact that they had the I second round. I think the Browns are going to take that division handedly. We'll see. We'll see. We can't ignore the fact that they had the second worst rushing attack in the NFL last year, despite hosting one of the best offensive lines. We also can't ignore the fact that AB accounted for a majority of this offense for years. Sure. Juju has got some big holes to fill and he's the guy to do it. You also have to remember he's never faced the toughest coverages throughout the NFL. Now he's expected Mm -hmm. to. This division has gotten so competitive. They're going to be splitting series with most of their opponents, with the exception of the Bengals. I think this offense takes a massive regression while this defense flourishes in usual pit fashion. So, uh, yeah, that's those, that's my Steelers take. Ten and six, competing for a wild card. So, two damn two ten and sixes. Two ten and six, dude. This is a so, good. So if you basically combine. If you combined ours and gave like a pylon record, it'd be Cleveland Browns fourteen and two win the division, Steelers and Ravens competing for a wild card. Yeah, it's. I think that's realistic. Browns, Bengals three and thirteen. Browns getting, Browns get the division. The in the future. Browns get the division. Steelers Ravens compete for the wild card, and I think that's realistic. And Bengals get their QB of the future. Yeah. To a. Jake from just Justin Herbert, whichever one they pick next year. <laughs> Basically. And and they don't even gotta trade up. That's what that's the best part. So, I mean it'll work out for them in the end. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They'll get Dalton out of there finally. So it'll work. True. That's that's a, I like that though. Steelers ten six. Yes, not yes. Bad. I can see I can see ten and six. I'm a little lower on them. But I'm kind of lower than most people on them. I got them at like an eight and eight. I I have them bouncing anywhere between. So I actually originally had them at nine and seven, and the deciding factor was the Jets game for me. But I I ended up giving it to them. Um, You know this 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 Jets team is still pretty young and rough around the edges. So we'll see. Yeah. Um. What else? Anything else? I think that's it, man. I think we covered it. I think we uh, we gave a pretty rounded out uh, analysis on the a- the state of the AFC North in this offseason. Yeah. So we got our, our, our little road trip uh, game. Do that out there. there, yeah, yeah. Do that out there in the universe. We definitely definitely got to add the Browns Jets though. Oh, that's uh, that's yeah, that's happening. I met, I met that's life. happening. I'm going to be looking up tickets life, tonight. Definitely. So. That's got to be right around my birthday too. Mm-hmm. So, Ooh, okay, We're, this is definitely happening. Um, 
True. You, you just gotta you just gotta get your your flight booked. So we'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> um, we'll get to it. Yeah. So we get to Yeah, we'll get to that. Not they won't hear it, but um, yeah, we had to we hit you with the Le'Veon Bell lyrics. You know, you know, talking about the Madden attributes. We got some dope ass tunes to end it out with, though. Yeah, had to had to do it for the Steelers. You know, get that Le'Veon Bell verse in there. Um, you mean we'll, we'll the get, New York we'll Jets get, we'll all for a running back Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, we'll get his uh, another verse in there one more time when we do the Jets, of course. We'll give you that that intro. It's big um, Yeah, so that that that's really it. Um, we'll catch you next time. We'll keep it uh, in the north. We're gonna keep it in the north, and we'll hit the uh, NFC side though. And I, I I I like this one. This is gonna be a good one. So yeah, for Alex. sure. As always, good night. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good whatever it is, wherever you are. Just hope you're enjoying yourself, and I hope you enjoy listening to us and uh, taking a seat at the table, man. So, uh, as always, we'll talk to you guys next time. Peace. Yep. Stay safe, San Diego.